to the worst week yet, the least informed podcast on the left. It's a podcast where every week we pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and hang ourselves with the laces. I'm your host, Andrew Hillary, and I am joined once again by the WWY MVP, Kennedy Cooper. Kennedy, what's up? Hey. Hey. Winky face. Nice to see you. Nice to see a, a noticeable lack of Deanna Mackey out this week. Nowhere to be found. She said she had something to do, and I didn't ask what it was, so I'm assuming the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume that her car needed surgery. <laughs> her car is <laughs> fucked up right now. It's possible. It's possible. Shit. Oh, but that's okay. We've got another guest. You know, it's not just me and Kennedy. You, that's honestly, frankly, I don't think listeners, you deserve that good of a show. We wait. That's what are the implications of me saying that now to introduce the next guest? <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 just go ahead and bring her on. Um, she is one of the newest faces on the Pittsburgh comedy scene and one of my newest friends. Welcome to the show, Nina Quinn. Hello. Yo, thank you. It's so nice of you to be here. First time, long time. Uh, wait, you just listened to the podcast for the first time, right? Yeah. But it's a long podcast, so technically first time, long time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, long time listener. <laughs> I don't listen to podcasts this long. Yeah, I feel bad. Every uh, Deanna asks so many of our guests, like, do you listen to the show? And they're always like, no. And I'm like, we don't need to ask anybody. <laughs> I'm shocked that anybody listens to the show, but I did see that on a uh, Spotify has no anchor has stats that tell you how, how much of the show people usually get through. And it's like only a quarter of the people make it all the way to the end, but you know what? I'm not going to make it shorter. Fuck it. There's so much goddamn news to talk about. There's so many things. There's a lot. It's you got to have me appear randomly at the end of podcasts <laughs> more. And yeah. then people will be like, well, maybe I have to stay. <laughs> Kennedy might show up for the last 15 minutes and that's almost worth it. Listeners, I can tell you this much. I guarantee Kennedy will be here for the last 15 minutes of this episode. <laughs> Stay I don't, don't make that guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> my, maybe it's my week to dip out. So, uh, Nina, how do you feel about the news? Um, I hate it. <laughs> I hate the news. I think it sucks. I'm not a huge fan other than the fact that it gives me stuff to talk about on my stupid podcast. Um, this podcast would be way harder if there was no news. That's true. That's true. The, and the listeners, they, they would have nowhere to come to get poorly informed. And I just, I would feel so bad for them. You know, I care about the listeners. I do. This is important. <laughs> uh, speaking of listeners, uh, folks, you're going to have a special show next week. I'm going to Alaska and I'm doing a live episode of The Worst Week Yet in front of um, whoever is at a dive bar in the middle of a Saturday afternoon in Alaska. <laughs> so I have a feeling I'm going to try and get Sarah. I'm going to try and get one of the Palins on the show. It can't be that hard. What are they doing? Chilling. Chilling? Sarah, I feel like Sarah Palin's husband would do it. You know, he's got like <laughs> really odd politics. And there's so many kids. At least one of them has to be a fucking idiot leftist, right? Like, fuck you, mom. I'm going to go on the worst week yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one of the, the kids is like a sex criminal, but like, so definitely not that one. That with my luck, that would be the only one that would answer my email. Um, listeners, if any of you have an email list for the Palin family members, please send it in to worstweekyet at gmail.com. I will absolutely try to make that happen. If not, I'll get like a salmon and a bear to be the guests next week. 
<laughs> sloshing around. We can have a debate. Bet- I w- Andrew Hillary hosts a debate between two forces of nature. Maybe you could just like have a snowman Ooh. as the second mic just sitting there. <laughs> Jack Frost, the snowman yeah. that can talk that nobody is like, oh, wow, a snowman that can talk. That's haunted. No, it's a snowman that you keep claiming can talk, but everybody else is just <laughs> getting increasingly concerned. I could do both voices. Do you want to know a story about uh, my grandfather, uh, the first Hillary in my family? He was a radio announcer for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and one time whenever the Pirates went to the World Series, it was in October, but it was like unseasonably cold, like snowing and bitter cold, so nobody came to the game. Like, the stands were almost empty. So my grandfather's job as, like, a radio announcer was to go out and interview fans in the stand, but nobody was there. So he just went out and, like, did a fake voice and interviewed himself, like, asking questions and then answering them in a voice. That's amazing. That's going to be next week. There is a precedent for for Hillary fuckery. Uh, Your grandpa was a podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) He was also Pittsburgh's first Ronald McDonald, so he was also a clown. Now you know where I get it from. Some big shoes to fill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nina asked where the green button was. And I was like, oh, it's right here if you need it. And she's like, no, 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 no. You'll need it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, listeners, now you know where I get it from. He was also an opera singer. And I think he was like a door-to-door salesman. I don't know. He He had a lot of weird jobs. And, yeah. That's also where I get that from. So without further ado, we are going to talk about the news, but actually a little bit more ado before we get to the news. Um, (laughs) Wait, a little bit more ado is so fucking funny to me right now. (laughs) Here's me interrupting myself. What we are going to do first is we are going to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons, the people that support the show, that keep us going uh, with their generous contributions, sending in uh, some money every month. It's it's so polite. Don't don't be looking over no. there. <laughs> Nina was trying to look ahead on is the notes secret? for today's show. There there it is secret because there's some surprises on here. Oh damn. Um, yeah, sometimes Andrew has what he calls games, but it's really <laughs> just like he asked a full question, <laughs> which I think feels significant for him. So. <laughs> There is a game if you, if you today if you want to put it that way. Um, <laughs> See, there's a game. I knew it. It's only in the last 15 minutes, though. Oh yeah, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere, listeners. <laughs> but anyways, our patrons, um, you can sign up for as little as two fifty a month. I I release bonus episodes about biweekly. Uh, this week I put up an old episode of my old podcast uh, that I hosted with Kaylee Horton uh, that was all about the feud between the two original Aunt Vivs from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, that podcast is not available anywhere because I stopped paying to host it. So if you want to go listen to that, Patreon.com/slash Worst Week Yet. And if you give ten dollars a month. You get a shout out by name on this show. So I just want to thank you again uh, to, to all of our delightful official sponsors of the show. Shout out Josh Troopin, G. Ryan Gaines, Amanda Pucci, Tara, Chauncey Yonders, Chelsea Calderon, Patrick Leave Me Alone, AJ from Baltimore, CIA Brain Bugs, and Herman Kane. I just watched Bridgerton. So I'm like real, I'm real into this vibe right now. I watched a bing bong, jolly old English movie <laughs> last night. Which myself. One? Which one? I, I watched The Turn of the Screw. 
Huh. I've never like even classic classic ghost movie. Is it like a period piece kind of thing? Yeah. Takes place in like post World War One London. Have you watched uh Bridgerton at all? Not yet, but I'm currently fascinated with that period. So it's kind of on my list right now. It's an interesting show. It's really like it's beautifully made. And there's like a lot of like really beautiful people in it. But it's like this interesting concept that I'm certainly probably not the right person to talk about where the show was made by Shonda Rhimes. And her thing is, is that like she made it like, what if we told a story in like early 1800s England, uh, but just had people of all races in there. And it's like racism never existed. Like there's like not people barely even talk about how there's different skin colors or whatever, which isn't like, I guess an interesting idea, but there's also the entire patriarchy is still in full effect. <laughs> so it's, and there's not a single gay or trans person at all. There's no mention of that. So it's like, what if we lived in a world where race was not an issue, but women were still property. <laughs> like, oh, <geez>. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's we're taking that that time period and we're viewing it through a woke lens, except <laughs> only around one specific subject and everyone else is still oppressed in the exact same ways. Yeah. And I saw somebody tweet about like general sentiments like that. And then I saw uh, thousands of quote tweets tearing them apart. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to talk about this anywhere other than the podcast, which nobody listens to anyway. So it's perfect. Um, Yeah, but I mean, here's what I will say is that I think that you don't always need to see like the bleakness of oppression on screen in every single thing. Yeah. And I think like sometimes there's like I I do think it's important to not like shy away from like the reality of history. But I also feel like Bridgerton, if you don't know that that's fantasy when you look at it, like that's fantasy. That's 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 not like Game of Thrones is probably more historically accurate than Bridgerton. Okay. Just (laughs) accept that right now. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Game of Thrones is a documentary. (laughs) Okay. So let's get to the news. Isn't it about the War of the Roses or whatever? I don't. Oh, you know what? I think it is. I don't know. I watched. Okay. I was like real late on Game of Thrones. Nina, did you ever see Game of Thrones? No. I didn't watch it until like, the the winter before the the final season so i watched the whole thing or the first six seasons like in a couple weeks and then watched the final season and i was like oh yeah i don't know the it kind of was weird the way they ended it but i hadn't invested a decade of my life like most people had so people were so upset at the ending and i'm like i don't know this is a show it's fine Ken Burns presents Game of Thrones. Check it. It's available now on HBO Max. So I will watch that. Yeah, right? <laughs> so we should get to the news. Now, uh, folks, as you know, we record this podcast early on Sundays. And last week, late on Sunday, something happened that uh, shook the entire fucking world to its core. Of course, I'm talking about Amy Schumer's joke at the Oscars about Jesse Plemons' wife, the seat filler, Kirsten Dunst. I hate Amy Schumer. No, I'm talking about the slap. Uh, You've already heard enough about the slap with Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. If this is the first time you're hearing about it, I am envious of how not online you are, but you still somehow listen to a podcast. I I think A podcast for very online people. Yeah. Dude, that's the really... (laughs) Like the person It's for people named CIA brain bugs. (laughs) 
the person that only listens to this podcast but then like doesn't even have notifications for the, like the news app on their iPhone turned on like no I only get it here um <laughs> yeah I, I think you've heard everything that there is to be said about it I don't really want to talk about it too much you already know Kennedy and I we're pretty pro cancel culture and uh I mean I said it on the bonus episode this week I don't know if you agree I think not all, but way more comedians should get slapped for their jokes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Andrew, just speak for yourself here for one second. If you told a joke that clearly offended the audience and someone came up and slapped you in the mouth, they don't like kick the shit out of you, but just one solid slap in the mouth. Would you not just accept that as your fate? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I would try and make a funny joke about it immediately, which Chris Rock was just like, oh, are we going to do that? Like, is, if your job as a comedian is to keep like, you know, be funny no matter what like you should be you should have something you should have some i'm gonna start working on my just got slapped material just in case keep just it in the just back in pocket. case <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i was talking about it whenever i did the intro to the bonus episode last week um one time this comic was doing a caitlin jenner joke in front of a person they didn't realize was trans and it was a friend of mine they didn't say anything they just like sat there and like i could tell that they were like bummed out having a bad time um, that comic getting slapped in that moment would have been incredible. It, it would have been one of the best things I ever saw. Um, <laughs> other than like, yeah. So I, I support it. I, I don't know. Will Smith has like resigned from the Academy. He might have to give his Oscar back. I don't fucking know. There's so many people made it about themselves and their own trauma. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. There's like probably a thousand times a night in this country. Somebody in a bar gets slapped for saying something about somebody else's partner. Like, it's not that big of a fucking deal. Plus, with comedy, like, you roast people. That's what you do, you know? You yeah. talk shit. That's part of it, so. Amy Schumer said that she's taking a month off because of how triggered and traumatized she was. I, I saw this clip of her at the roast of Steve-O, where she said to Steve-O uh, something about how, you know, we all know Ryan Dunn just died, and we all wish it was you. It's like, I don't think... I don't think you have room to... T She's also announced her tour, that she, her comedy tour is called the Whore Tour. Uh, she rallied against Fosta Sesta. Amy Schumer's a piece of shit. That's the take on the slap is fuck Amy Schumer. You heard it here first, folks. A very unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody who likes Amy Schumer unironically, but I'm sure they exist because the Whore Tour is selling out fast, folks. Get your tickets now at worstweekyet.com. I want to move on to a, a, a slightly more fun story that not every news outlet is talking about. This is an ongoing story. And, uh, you know, we haven't talked about it before, but I have seen it before. And I just want to catch you up, listeners. So a prisoner that escaped confinement in Kansas in 2005 was spotted this week in Texas. Now, this is 17 years after breaking out. And authorities say the fugitive has been spotted numerous times along the Gulf Coast over the last like decade or so. But the runaway always seems to evade any plans to capture them. Now, this prisoner, known simply by the name number 492, is a flamingo. <laughs> this flamingo escaped from a zoo 17 years ago and has been on the fucking lamb ever since. And I, I think there should be a Patreon for the flamingo. I support this bird. Why are flamingos in Kansas? But it what was in a zoo. There? It was in a zoo. It was uh, Zoos are basically animal jails, right? True. Very true. And like, at least so. jails don't have like a place where people can come look and point at the people in captivity zoos are worse than jails 
So they can't capture it? Like what's No, every time they get problem, close, it like flies away. <laughs> Flamingos can fly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's in zoos. They normally what they do. I was reading. They trim their feathers so that like they don't have enough wings to fly away. And this flamingo was scheduled to be trimmed, uh, but then there was a windstorm. Like while it was waiting to get its feathers trimmed, and so it just like put its wings up and floated out of the cap, like the little paddock or whatever. Fucking this sounds like like a mob escape movie now. <laughs> like I know. <laughs> like all right. It's a couple days before the big trim. This is my chance. <laughs> I've got one t- one shot at this. I gotta wait till the wind starts blowing. They come at me with those shears, and it's my. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm also surprised at the life expectancy of flamingos. Like it's more than 17 years old because it wasn't a baby, right? Yeah, I don't know how long flamingos. Uh, there's some animals that you learn how long they live, and you're just like fucking what, like. A lot of big birds have really long lifespans. Like geese can live to be like a hundred years old. What the fuck? What? How? Why? This, we, Magic, I guess. <laughs> it's the golden eggs, man. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh this is a pro number four ninety two podcast. And frankly, yeah. if anybody tries to to get this bird captured, they are an enemy. And we will stand by that. Free 492. Long live 492. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, we actually, we just got this breaking news in this morning. I don't have a ton of details about this story. Uh, but apparently, Deltopia, an annual spring break party that happens in Santa Barbara, has been declared by the police a multiple casualty event. So they like showed some images like from a police helicopter and there's it's this one house with like a thousand people at it and like you like stretching out down the street in every direction and the police were like uh the local EMS has been like flooded with calls people keep like getting hurt and dying and or allegedly dying um there isn't a lot of information about this like there's no like concrete story but I looked it up on Twitter just to see like what the what the people were saying and every post I could find was just like these really like really young like college kids being like I can't wait for Deltopia <laughs> so like it's very morbid to think that at least one or two of those people might be dead now <laughs> sounds like a frat house on extra steroids yeah oh <laughs> okay yeah so I don't know uh thoughts and prayers for Deltopia uh, or you know what? Fuck them. I don't know. If you go to a party that's so big, you get trampled to death. I think it's your fault. Deltopia. I don't know how much personal responsibility exactly I want to ascribe, but I don't know. Some of the pictures do, of, pe- do, do we just, do we just say that any amount of extraordinary recklessness is fine? That it's someone else's responsibility. Or do we sometimes say that, I don't know, maybe Maybe don't cram a thousand people into a regular house. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I, obviously these young, dumb college kids, like, you know, they're not going to make the best decisions. But, like, I saw pictures of people saying, like, on my way to Deltopia after this story had come out where the police had, like, called this an illegal or uh, a mass casualty event. It's like, if the news is already out there that people have died, I'm not trying to still go to that party, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, like, what kind of drugs are there and because like they must only be able to get something there. Like what's the draw? Deltopia. It's the place to be. 
party like we're gonna die because maybe we will that could be a rihanna song right yeah anyway speaking of multiple casualty events uh this one's much more on brand for our show and for our country uh this just this early sunday morning late saturday night in sacramento california at least 16 people were shot including six fatally uh, in a popular nightlife district. So far, the police have no suspects. <laughs> They're like, I don't know, a bunch of gunshots went off and a couple people died and we have no idea what happened. America is back. Joe Biden, he said, he said he was going to heal the soul of this nation. And people dying in random gun violence that they don't even know who did it. I don't think there's a more sure sign that we are back, baby. That was literally my first thought as you were reading this. I was like, COVID's <laughs> over. Oh, yeah. Uh, COVID's been over. We've, we had our first mass shooting on like March 31st, 2020. <laughs> They're like, we didn't waste any time. COVID, COVID, We're not staying home. COVID was over before the first mask mandates. <laughs> like there's definitely a mass shooting, uh, like the day the NBA got shut down or something. I guarantee it, it has to have been. I actually only know about this because I saw somebody tweeting, uh, their tweet was like, there was a mass shooting that happened last night and you probably won't even hear about it. And if not for that tweet, I wouldn't have. These things are just so regular. That's like, yeah, you know, fucking half a dozen bodies. It's fine. It's fine. You know, you know, just business as usual. Greatest country on earth. The land of the free. And uh, we all know what Joe Biden's going to do about it. More guns for more <laughs> cops. Every cop should have two guns. Shoot him in the leg and the face. Uh, we, you love it, Jack. Um, <laughs> listen, listen here. Listen here. Uh, I think Joe Biden should become a cop. What? Put him on the line of duty. Yeah. See how he feels. I want to see Joe Biden. He would love it. I want to see he Joe Biden. He hates poor people. <laughs> so much. So much. I, I was trying to think of like, uh, I want to see Joe Biden, blah, blah, blah joke. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to see Joe Biden, period. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on here. Our next story this week, Hillary Clinton friend of the pod and the democratic party were both fined by the fec for violations stemming from improper declaration of their funding of the steel dossier in 2016 you remember the steel dossier i do nina that's the one that uh that's where the allegations that trump like let hookers pee on a bed came from or whatever the fuck it was but like that was like this big thing in 2016 before the election is like Trump hired sex workers to pee on a bed that Obama once slept on. And we've got a guy who told us that that's <laughs> a weird kink. <laughs> hey, we're not kink shaming anybody, including former president Donald Trump. <laughs> but it was like, I don't know. It was this Hillary Clinton paid for this and the democratic party also paid for this. It's basically like opposition research, which is like, I don't know, I think you're technically allowed to do that. Isn't that politics? But they, in the place where they like declared it on their filings, they said it was legal advice, which is not what it was. So like, I don't know, all this shit about, you know, like Trump always accused Hillary of like doing shady shit. And it's like, wow, dude, there's like literally so much paper trails of you doing shady shit, you fucking asshole. Like, don't make Donald Trump look correct. Like, that's the one thing you don't want to do as a politician is prove Donald Trump right about anything he says. Yeah, no, I've said this before. That Like, this certainly doesn't justify any of Donald Trump's behavior or anything like that. But yeah, yeah. It, it is like an issue that 
uh, Donald Trump, you know, Donald Trump always points out that like, well, my opponents are just as corrupt as me. And it's like, well, he's right, actually, mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. And like the fact that he says that out loud and other people don't are is why you have that entire drain the swamp crowd that thinks that like he really is some kind of anti-corruption champion. Yeah. Uh, like the, none of this makes Donald Trump a good person. But what it does mean is that like as long as the Democrats keep playing this game of like, oh, yeah, our hands are clean. It's just these other guys that are bad that like people like Donald Trump can just weaponize that against you because everyone can see that you're fucking lying. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get anywhere like trying to sell people something that they can see is not true when the other person is saying like, hey, they're doing that thing and you know they're doing it. And they're like, we're not doing that. I I don't know how the Democrats ever intend to win anything, to be honest. And the moral of this story isn't that they did this opposition research. It's just that they put it in the wrong column on their taxes. Yeah, yeah. They tried to lie and pretend that they didn't pay somebody to dig up dirt, which you're technically allowed to do it, but they they didn't want to own up to it. It's like, I don't know, dude. You just, like I said, you should never do anything that proves Donald Trump right. Like, it's not a good person, but that makes you look very bad. So, yeah, congratulations. This future president, (laughs) still my favorite thing. Whenever Hillary Clinton, like five days before the 2016 election, posted about her birthday, and it's like, it was a picture of her as a kid, like, it's this future president's birthday again. And the tweet has not been deleted. I recently just saw that for the first time, actually. She's still she's still committing. I would like to see a 2024 primary between Kamala and Hillary. I mean, like, I wouldn't like to see it, but like, I, f- I feel like there'd be some silver linings out of that. We would have some good episodes. Yes, Let me put it that be way. Good for the pod. <laughs> if it's good for the pod, it's good for the gander. We're basically a goose, right? Living to 100. Yeah. OK, so lock her this up. Pod's going to outlive both of us. So. <laughs> for sure. Nina, I don't know how well you take care of yourself, but you're you're going to be expected to carry the torch on after Kennedy and I are gone. So just so you're aware. Low uh, expectancy. <laughs> don't worry. Our listeners clearly already have pretty low standards. It's fine. Let's move on. This week, oh, folks, we've got to pour one out. You know, this the worst we get has been closely, closely following the story of the American trucker convoy. And this week, it came to an end. They decided that they were going to go home, wrap it up, uh, because they didn't know what they were doing anymore. <laughs> like, like, literally, they, like, went to D.C. Anymore or ever <laughs> is really the question here. Yeah, like, they went to D.C. to try and get rid of mandates that were already gone before they got there. <laughs> like, so um, there were some stories, because, like, once there was, like, no real clear, like, this is what we're doing, like, obviously, it started, there was, like, infighting. People started splintering off. But one thing that I saw was that a lot of the people involved in the protests or in the convoy were complaining because there was nowhere to stop and pee because they're, like, driving around the D.C. Beltway, so there aren't rest stops. So they're just, like, it's way too hard to coordinate, like, multiple trucks getting off the highway and like going to a gas station so a lot of the truckers just peed in bottles and some of them allegedly just peed their pants i thought the trucks came with bathrooms (laughs) no there's no bathrooms in those trucks i don't think i thought they were like living quarters nah it's just like a bed and do we only only the nice trucks have anything like that 
Only the glamorous ones. Yeah, only <laughs> only the glamour trucks that cost like a, a $270,000. The pimp my trucks. Um, <laughs> I, pimp my ride. Uh, Yo, I heard you like shitting, so we put a shitter in your shit car. <laughs> I recently saw some news that pimp my ride uh, producers and makers were definitely fucking people over. And that a lot of the rides that got pimped out were not... Like, you couldn't even use the features that they gave them. (laughs) And that also, sometimes it would take, like, of course, you know, to the viewers, it only takes 30 minutes. But it would actually be, like, months that these people would just be without their cars. (laughs) And they would just be, you know, out of luck. Yeah, what's up? We took your 93 Honda Civic that is falling apart. We painted it real cool. We put a fish tank in there. The engine is still about to explode, and you haven't had it for three months. Here's your car back. Yeah, that yeah that's was... the thing I heard. They did not fix a lot of the mechanical they issues. They didn't. Yeah, they just went uh, like So a... it just be like, we reupholstered your car. Uh, it's still <laughs> leaking every fluid. But you can um... get cotton candy from your trunk now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if my car's going to be broken down anyways, I do want cotton candy coming out of the trunk. Like, I'm not that mad about it. Um, you know, the unfortunate thing about that is, like, I, I was a fan of that show uh, when I was a kid. And I remember, like, in the first season in particular, it was not insane. Like, like the show's original concept really was, like, hey, we took your car and we, like, made it cool. We put some lights in it, you know? Yeah, we they put, just had like, to keep uh, heightening everything. Exactly. It was like as they had to keep like increasing the stakes season after season, it went from like, oh, we 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 got you a, a like a racing steering wheel to like, oh, we put an entire fish tank with a live octopus in it in your back seat. You have to care for this octopus now. Uh, it costs about two hundred dollars a week to feed an octopus. <laughs> and no, the clutch did not get fixed. It's like, sorry. You still have to put it into third to turn the engine on for some reason. And we haven't been able to figure it out. Well, frankly, we didn't look. Um, so go to patreon.com slash pimp my ride. <laughs> so, yes, rest in peace to the trucker movement. You know, we we barely knew why you were there to begin with. And you're already gone. It's officially over. Oh, it's over. It's over. They're driving. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's still because it was like very poorly organized. Like nobody was ever on the same page from the start. There's, there's probably, someone still there's someone still doing it. Yeah, there's probably some guy <laughs> named Earl that has like a truck that is like a hundred percent Confederate flags. Like, how do you even get tires that are Confederate flags? But he's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving till the tyranny is over. And it's, it's like, I don't know, buddy. Have fun. He's got some demands like uh we have to recognize COVID as being created by China. Yeah. Like we have to not only is the mask mandate over, but we have to mandate that nobody wears masks ever again. <laughs> we, he's like, I'm not leaving Washington DC till they get rid of Halloween. I don't want people on a mask any day of the year. <laughs> Face paint only for Halloween. <laughs> so dumb. Um, but yes, I just got to point out how the mainstream media this week uh, called 50 million people protesting in india a low turnout protest but made a huge deal out of like 10 guys with trucks driving around dc going (laughs) was anybody in india having that much fun though 
I mean, it's a, a lot of them are openly communist, so that's kind of fun. I actually have no idea what you're talking about. I must have missed this entirely. Um, what what are they? Is it more farming protests or whatever? Uh, no, it's just a general labor strike. Oh fuck, dude! That's like, awesome. you know how we always talk about. There's always people on Twitter here in the United States. They're like, oh, general strike. They actually do it in India uh, because I don't know. They're just built different, I guess. Hell yeah. Well, shout out to our comrades over in India. We love to see it. Um, uh, shout Also, make sure you use hashtag uh, general strike so that America knows. <laughs> it does It's the same thing. We can get a hashtag. We can get 50 million retweets. That's the same thing as yeah, a protest. Yeah, maybe retweets, but not like actual people doing actual things. Well. They're making things happen. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about something that we can all agree is not real. COVID nineteen, uh, it's ba- it's ba- it's gone. It's it was here once again, just like the truckers. It left us behind. Um, <laughs> I have this. This must be wrong. Apparently, the media, the lion Joe Biden media, uh, his something must have gotten switched because according to what I saw. U.S. cases of COVID-19 have risen four days in a row, which like. I thought they weren't counting anymore. If COVID's over, the cases aren't going to rise. Obviously, this is like they probably got it backwards. They, it, maybe the news came out on April Fool's Day. I should have checked that. What a silly mistake of mine. You don't expect that from this podcast. <laughs> so allegedly COVID is on the rise again. I don't know. Internationally, uh, the third largest city in the entire world has shut down because of the fake lion Joe Biden China COVID paint false flag hoax. Shanghai, China has been shut down (laughs) (laughs) because of, you know, obviously we talk a lot about how people said that uh, China created COVID. Obviously, they did it so that two years from when it started, they would have to shut down their largest city. It's the perfect plan. You know, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. China China did all of this to the entire rest of the world just so they could economically devastate their largest municipality. Genius. What's crazy is there's some conspiracy guy online right now saying this unironically. <laughs> like, they're, like, they're shutting down Shanghai on purpose so that they can roll out the new robot drones. They're going to take over the whole city and your social credit. And in. Uh, <laughs> Yes, Xi Jinping, famous seven-dimensional chess player. So Xi Jinping saw Black Mirror and is going to have the same reaction going from seasons one to three of Pimp My Ride. He's like, <laughs> yes, the city of Shanghai has gone into lockdown. Now, we talk a lot about uh, how everybody claims they know what inflation is doing. Uh, people pretend to understand the economy for a living. It's wild, Nina. I don't know if you're familiar. People think they know what's going on. And uh, I, I think being that Shanghai is like a major global, inter- internationally, com- uh, commercially relevant city, them going into lockdown is probably going to affect some things. Um, I saw a report from Bloomberg that said Americans should try to put away $5,200 to prepare for the inflation that will be coming as this year goes on. $5,200. Everybody, listeners, I need you to take five grand and another 200. Just put it to the side. You're going to need it. Okay. And that is after you sign up to our Patreon. So 
Don't include that. You know, just a moment ago, I thought when with the news of the truckers ending <laughs> their strike, that inflation might be going down by oh, chance. No. But no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 Shanghai. Inflation is like a hot air balloon. It only goes up. <laughs> Until it runs out of gas. <laughs> People do base jump out of hot air balloons. Yeah, because the, the balloon won't stop going up. You can jump out. What if I'm like really trying to make this metaphor work? Like, no, no. Balloons only go up. <laughs> like, they launched a hot air balloon in like 1913. It's at Saturn by now. <laughs> That's yeah, how it's works. called the Voyager probe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, read a fucking book, listeners. Uh, <laughs> so uh, our our faithful leader, Joe Brandon, he gave a press briefing this week uh, to, to talk about where we're at with the state of the now over and also a hoax and also never was real. And also Bill Gates created in a Chinese vaccine factory pandemic. Uh, Joe Biden, he said, uh, this is like mostly par- a quote, but I'm kind of paraphrasing it just cause I don't know. He said it in his fucking stumbled old dude way. He's basically said, we're now in a new moment in the pandemic. COVID's not over, but it no longer controls our lives. Now cases are ticking up, but we now have the tools to protect the American people. All of them, all the people. Now, I don't know if you remember or if you've kept up to date, uh, the federal government cut all of the funding for all of the programs to deal with COVID. (laughs) He said, we now have the tools. You can't even get a free test anymore. This fucking piece of shit. (laughs) All Joe Biden does is lie, dude. It's fucking ridiculous. He said, we have the tools. It's like, motherfucker, you let them take the tools away. What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, twenty-two billion per year to keep up the free testing, the free vaccination, all that stuff. Um, Joe Biden said that we didn't have, to have the money to continue that program, and then he increased the military budget by thirty-one billion per year in the same week. Yeah, well, obviously we need we need the military in case COVID mutates, in case the next variant turns people into zombies. Because, like, yeah, we're gonna need the military then. It'll save us all. Yes, and uh, for that we are thankful. But don't worry, Kennedy. Don't worry, Nina. There are people in the government who are trying to fight back to protect us against Joe Biden's obvious incompetence. And by that, I mean, of course, twenty-one uh, state attorneys, attorney generals. I don't say attorneys general because I'm not a fucking nerd. Twenty-one state attorney generals have filed a lawsuit against mass mandates. <laughs> A lawsuit? Yeah, they're suing the federal government because you're still mandated to wear masks on, like, uh, airplanes and trains and shit. And they're like, no, 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 no. We need to <laughs> we need to stand up and do something for the American people. Oh, that's why Earl's still out there in his truck. Yeah. Earl, who has never <laughs> ridden a train in his life uh, and who thinks airplanes uh, can give you some kind of disease that you've never heard of before. <laughs> uh, yeah, Earl, Earl is out there like we, we, you can't be wearing masks on feel, a, pl- in a place I don't go. I feel like Earl's definitely been on a train, but it's like a coal burning locomotive that he drives around his town for fun. Like he somehow has a coal burning locomotive that's on tires instead of tracks. Rolling coal, baby. <laughs> 
Shout out to Earl. Go to patreon.com slash Earl. Um, yeah, so it's good It's good to uh, to know that somebody in the government is fighting for us. Uh, so yeah, COVID, it's over. Our segment on COVID is definitely over as well. I want to move on to something that is a little concerning. Uh, this week, Skippy Peanut Butter recalled almost 10,000 cases of peanut butter after it was discovered that they accidentally put shards of steel into it. Accidentally. I assume it was on accident. The, it, You know, they didn't say if it was on accident or on purpose, or maybe I didn't read that sentence of the story. But, uh, folks, if you have any Jiffy peanut butter at home, uh, get a magnet, see if it sticks. Um, is steel magnetic? I think steel's magnetic. You know, maybe you should just eat it. Go nuts. We're all going to die. Just buy better peanut butter. <laughs> Jiffy's not that good. No, this is Skippy. It's even worse than Jiffy. Or Skippy? I thought you said Jiffy. Nah, this is Skippy. You know what, folks? Throw all of any your peanut of the, butter Any out. of the peanut butters where you have an I and then a couple of consonants and a Y, all suspect. <laughs> I agree. Um, folks, do better. I do. It's really expensive, but I do like when you can go to stores and like... There's a thing of peanuts, and you just push the button, and then out comes peanut butter. What? Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. I've like never heard of that. At the food co-op, you could do that there. Like and fresh ground peanut butter? Fresh ground peanut butter. It's so good. Oh, wow. It's so good. I like, um, I get that stuff goobers. Do you know about goobers? No. Where it's peanut butter and jelly in the same can in the same jar. Um, what consistency is it? I mean, they're both all right. When you first open it, they're both the right consistency. After it's been open for a while, they get like mushy and weird. Like when um, it fall off your spoon? No, no. Okay. But here's what I do is I just eat it out of the jar with a spoon. Um, yeah. I don't even need bread. You got a peanut butter and jelly breadless sandwich right in a jar. Yeah, that is it's the American dream. I'm allergic to bread, so I don't eat it either. But it's nice to a, a variation of this is just snacking on like if I, I've never done this, I've only seen it, but <laughs> um, <laughs> just like a bag of peanuts and raisins or something. Whoa! And then it's like a that's making dry a peanut, peanut butter jelly. That's making peanut butter and jelly in your stomach. That's insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Digestion starts in the eyes. So what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've got a few stories about folks who have found new jobs this week. Joe Biden, obviously the greatest job creator of any of our lifetimes. Um, there's just, you know, so many people are out there getting new jobs. I want to start, of course, with friend of the Joe Biden, Jen Psaki, White House press secretary. Jen Psaki has announced she will be leaving the Biden White House to go take a job with MSNBC. So congratulations, Jen. You get to be annoying on TV still. Great. She doesn't want to report White House news. She wants to report real news. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She wants to be the one asking the hard questions, not the one deflecting them and belittling the person that asked them. I think this is a great move for Jen Psaki because she has said several times that uh, she basically got into this politics media stuff because she watched the West Wing. Ugh. So like, just go be on TV and quit pretending to care about politics. That's preferable. I hate because there's definitely like a class of people in Washington that you can tell they're, they love the West Wing. And so like they try and answer as if they're characters on that show. And you can tell they're like, I'm going to be the snarky genius. And it's like, 
you just sound like an asshole. <laughs> like, you're not a genius. The show was written, like, I guess technically well, but it's because it wasn't real. Like, it was a fucking fiction. That's not how anything works. Uh, you're not a snarky genius. You're just a dick, dude. Fuck you, Jen Psaki. No longer a friend of the pod once you're going to MSNBC. Yeah. Listen, folks, um, when you write a show or a book or any fictional story of any kind, uh, you get to omnisciently know everything that's going on so that these owns, these sick burns, land perfectly because there's no gotcha information that you didn't think about because it's your show and you just you made it that way. Um, Jen Psaki, when she tries to own people during West ha White House briefings, it's like always the most embarrassing thing because she'll just like try to shut someone down with a snarky comment. And then it's clear that she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> like what you can't you can't just imagine that. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm just like the West Wing. It's like, no, that reporter out there probably knows what the fuck they're asking you <laughs> or they wouldn't be a white house correspondent. What do you think we should just send people free tests? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Fuck Jen Psaki. Another, another, another person who got a new job this week, uh, Fox news announced that they are hiring Caitlyn Jenner as a correspondent. Caitlyn Jenner also has, um, some cosmetology products. I don't know if it's like skincare, hair care, I don't know, but the same person who helped make that made Skims. What like, is Skims? Oh, Kim, Kim. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Kim Skims. I don't Kim know. Kim Skims. So it just <laughs> patreon.com slash Kim Skims. That people who don't want to work anymore um, are fine because the people who are quote unquote working uh, have someone else doing it for them. Yeah. Um, I think Caitlyn Jenner is a great fit for Fox News, although. It would have been, you know, they they should have done like a little switch. Okay, here's what I'm proposing. Body swap movie where it's Jen Psaki and Caitlyn Jenner both start at their jobs on, on, the, on the same days, both their first days, and they both throw a coin into a wishing well, wishing that they do good, but their paths cross, and when they wake up for day one, they are in each other's bodies, and they have to go... Uh, Jen Psaki is in Caitlyn's Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner's body, and has to go and try and be on Fox News for a day. You know what? I bet you she'll do great. They could call this one Manic Monday instead of Freaky <laughs> Friday. I like it. I'm really into body swap movies. We probably should have green buttoned that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like body swap movies a lot. Um, the only I only have one problem is that they never address uh, how immediately a person would masturbate if they had a new set of genitals. Like I don't I don't know about. I don't know about the two of you. I woke up with literally anything else. I'm going to town on it first. Before I leave the bed, I will be I will be busy for a few hours. Like before I even look in the mirror. Like, All right, Andrew, that's just disgusting. Okay. I would I would not I would not simply wake up and go to town on these new genitals. I would go to a sex shop and buy a variety of the best toys for those new genitals and then come back home like a gentle person. You're right. It is disgusting because if I woke up, say, with uh, with a vagina instead of a penis, I would just stick everything in my room in it. Like I would not go and get go to the sex toy shop. I would be like, what can I fit in here right now? I had a banana three weeks ago somewhere. <laughs> Ew, it'd be mushy. It'd be so mushy. And um, here's the thing. I would still do it. I'm fucking sick. It, you, you were right, Kennedy. It's gross. It's gross. 
As someone born with a vagina, if I woke up with a penis, my first question right now, hypothetically, like, hypothetically, what if I woke up and it was hard? Cause then, it would be. You know? Yeah, that's, I mean, it, it usually is <laughs> when you wake up. So, I mean, you'll figure it out fast. Like, you would, once again, you will not get out of bed before you're like, well, I, I got to do something with this. I need to <laughs> put this down somehow. <laughs> That's a great pickup line. Like, hey, you trying to put this down for me? <laughs> if someone said that to That's me, a I bad pickup line. Listeners, do not take dating face. advice from me. <laughs> um, our last person who got a new job this week, well, she's actually, she applied for a new job. Sarah Palin announced that she is running for Congress. Um, you can ask her about it when you're in Alaska. I know. I'm try- I, should, I should tell her I'm a news media outlet that I want to do an interview. Yeah. Look, if the worst- You actually we- should. Yeah. Yeah. If the worst we get gets Sarah Palin, I think that's going to be good for the show. I think, you know, we're going places. Like, I can tell people, yeah, we've had the guy from Eve 6 and Sarah Palin. Um, <laughs> and they'll be like, who's Eve 6? And I'll be like, oh, uh, they sang that uh, Cry to River and Draw on the Whole World song. The Two Stone Nintendo song. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to move on to this week's most horrifying story of the week. And this is our game. So get ready, Nina. Get ready, Kennedy. I'm going to ask you a question. Now, I hope you might have heard the story already, Kennedy. So if if you know the answer, don't blurt it out. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this off here. So this week, the D.C. police arrested an anti-abortion activist named Lauren Handy in connection with her work with a group that was blockading abortion clinics in the area. Upon searching her home, police found evidence that was carried away in multiple red biohazard bags. When asked for comment, Lauren Handy declined to say what was in the bags, saying only, people will freak out when they hear. So my question to you is, what do you two think was in the bags? Fetuses. Kennedy, do you have any guesses? Or do you know the answer? I don't know the answer. I did not hear this story somehow. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, live insects. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry, Kennedy, but congratulations, Nina. You are correct. No. This anti-abortion activist was stealing fetuses from abortion clinics. Oh. <laughs> they, fucking found- they did not know this was going to oh. happen whenever they went and raided her house. They were just arresting her because, like, they, she was part of this group that was like blockading like abortion clinics. So they're like, all right, we're arresting her. And they like got a report that there was something that they needed to see in the house. So they like go in and there was just coolers full of fucking fetuses. No. Is was that the report? Just there's something you need to see in the house. I don't know. Like it was an anonymous it. tip. I don't know how much I didn't read this fucking story. You know me. But yeah, so um, I thought I was worried that Nina was right, but I wanted to guess something else just to be different. But oh my God. I was like, I was so worried that this would be the answer. Well, in the beginning of this story, since her name is Lauren Handy, I was like, oh, maybe she's just like giving hand jobs to guys and trying to deter them. The red biohazard bags were full of cum. (laughs) (laughs) Deter them from getting it in, you know? Yeah. No, no. Um, Jeez. Yes. Uh, Fun fact, I also just learned that, so this woman, she's part of a, what is like, they call themselves like a progressive 
anti-abortion group. They're like big on like crust punk, like socialist and um, Black Lives Matter stuff. They're just also like vehement anti-abortion activists, which is fucking weird. Also, the house was owned by a former Trump a campaign person or Trump presidency person, like somebody that was involved in the Trump campaign and used to clerk for, uh, I think Clarence Thomas or something. I don't know. So lots more to unpack with this story. Uh, we will keep you updated as it unfolds. Also, how, wait, how did she get in the clinics to get access to the, and also is the plural fetus feti? Um, but like, how did she, <laughs> How did she get in the clinics? Like, how did she get her hands on these? I don't know. These little babies. That is the part I do want to know. I want to see. I want to see the heist movie. The- <laughs> Baby Driver Three, National Treasure Three. <laughs> no, no, never mind. We. I will not tarnish Nicholas Cage's name like that. It's not. I'm gonna steal some fucking fetuses. You know what it is? I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. You're goddamn right. Thank you, Nick. I will never I will never drag your I name in the that dirt that's like cute that again. On your soundboard. I'm always ready for it. So let's move on to something. This is much less horrifying. This is actually a fun story. This week it was revealed that Facebook, or I guess the parent company Meta, has been paying one of the biggest Republican consulting firms in the country to try and take down TikTok. This is very, very funny to me. They've been paying for like lobbying efforts. They've been getting op-eds published. They've been making sure that dubious stories about like the latest TikTok trends, like they've been promoting those stories to go around on Facebook and Instagram. Um, (laughs) And like they're doing all this to like try and give TikTok a bad name on the platforms that like the parents of the kids on TikTok use. And... This is just, it's so funny to me. Like, Facebook is essentially the old man screaming at the clouds or, like, yelling, get off my lawn to TikTok. It's its so funny that they've spent so much money and there's, like, no way that they're going to win this fight. Yeah, what's the argument? Like, it's bad for you? Like, all social media is bad for you. This, like, no, they just, they, they don't like that they're losing to, to TikTok. So they're just trying to smear them. Like... Instagram basically does everything that TikTok does, uh, like with their reels or whatever. Like they just made a clone of TikTok for Instagram, but TikTok's where it's at. Like people talk about things happening on TikTok. Facebook's like, man, people used to talk about what happened on Instagram. Like, <laughs> this would be like MySpace trying to get Twitter taken down or something. Like it just it doesn't make sense. It's just a very very funny. Because, like, you know that this is, like, one of those kind of decisions that is directly coming from, like, Mark Zuckerberg being like, you know what's cooler than a million dollars? A billion dollars. Um, You know, I, I, I was, like, the smartest kid in my college, and uh, now we're going to take down TikTok because, you know, Facebook is here to stay. Facebook is an institution. You know, this, this little TikTok, yik yak, whatever you call it, I bet she does that, too. Um, that was a good Mark Zuckerberg bit. It like put me in this weird Zen space. <laughs> yeah, it made me uncomfortable. Like I was in the room with, uh, you know, someone who might do something dangerous at any moment in that same kind of way that I feel when I see Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Zen. Yeah, it's whatever the opposite of Zen is. That's how it feels whenever somebody's Chaos. doing. <laughs> 
Mark Zuckerberg's weird as fuck. But it, th- this whole story is it's just so funny to me that this is like clearly like he's trying to make it so that Facebook is a permanent thing. But like that's just not permanent. how social media works, man. Like this is that's it's not going to work. And I mean, Facebook's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> like there are too many generations on there, I think, you know, at least for a while. It might not be as popular anymore. I know I definitely don't use it other than for the Pittsburgh comedy scene. Yeah, and I think that's just like the 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 thing with like I mean, I guess capitalism in general, but it seems to apply more to American capitalism, specifically like digital-based economies. It's like the idea is that it must always grow. Like you can't you can't have a year where you made the same amount of profit as last year. That's not good enough. And so because everything always has to keep going up, you have to try new things. You have like to hot like hot air balloons. Like hot air ba- the American digital economy is a hot air balloon. We can jump off anytime we want to. But like there's the idea that like it has to keep growing so they ch- keep changing it and they keep trying to offer new things but then they like make a service that is not fun to use. And like you fucked yourself. Like Instagram used to be more fun when there wasn't an ad between every three posts and it was in chronological order instead of some algorithmic bullshit. And they don't seem to care because they had to do that to keep getting investments. And I don't know. It's 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 funny that Mark Zuckerberg's like, here's how we take on down TikTok. We convince the parents of teenagers that it's the devil. I don't have any words. Yeah. That's yeah, that's ridiculous. I have one word and it's uh Cynophobia. Is that when you're scared of hot air balloons? That's when you're scared of Chinese people. Mm. Oh, c- <laughs> like S I N? Yeah. I thought you were saying C I N, and I was like, oh, like scared of movies, but I'm going to make it about <laughs> hot air balloons. No, but like, seriously, like, I think that it's important to note that uh, Facebook doing all of this definitely coincides with like the rise of anti Asian discrimination in America. That's mm. not a coincidence. All of this fits together into one disgusting puzzle. Do you think that it? Mark Zuckerberg is more motivated by anti-Asian thinking versus just like no, he just wants the money, but he's okay. he's he's uh, you know just cynically exploiting racism. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like, oh, I know that there were a lot of stories about like TikTok being like China's trying to keep track of your kids or something. So yeah, it's China's new spyware device, TikTok. <laughs> like, what's the what's what's the underlying thing there? You want us to keep using your spyware device, <laughs> like? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I think we can all agree though. Fuck Mark Zuckerberg and uh, follow us on TikTok. Our next story. This one's actually just kind of sad. This week, Bruce Willis announced that he was retiring from acting um, or his family announced it because he has been like for the last few years suffering from steep mental decline. Um, Allegedly, people in his inner circle have been like pushing him and pushing him to like make a shit ton of movies over the last few years but like he's barely been able to keep it together on the set he has to like he had to have his lines like pumped into his ear in like a headphone or something and he would like frequently stop and be like what are we doing here again like earnestly asking because he just like kind of got lost but like there's so many people that make like in his entourage that make money off of him being in movies he was in like something like 15 20 movies in the last two years and like his family, there was a story that I saw that it was like people are exploiting Bruce Willis, who's like doing bad. And I was like, oh, that's 
that's wild. I didn't even think of that. And then like the next day, his family was like, yeah, he's not going to be in movies anymore. He's, he's retiring. Um, so that's just really sad that there are people just, I don't know. People definitely take advantage of people when their mind isn't right. That's, that's for sure. But what I think is kind of gnarly about this too, is that people are talking about Bruce Willis in the past tense now, like he's dead. Yeah. And it's like, well, he's still here, just retired. Well, no, he's been diagnosed with, I think it's called asphagia. It's a very, very bad, like, it's like a, a rapidly deteriorating brain activity kind of thing. Um, from what I was, I didn't read a ton about it. So, uh, like, he's, you're right, he's he's not dead, but, like, he's, like, barely there. Yeah. It's, is, yeah. is what it seems like, from what I read. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Bruce Willis. <laughs> rest. Jesus Christ. He's gone on to the great, great hot air balloon in the sky. Uh, this week. No longer useful to capitalism and therefore. Yeah, there it is. We figured it out. Yeah. Hey, if you can't work anymore, you're as good as dead. Signed, Joe Brandon. Uh, <laughs> I feel so bad about some of the jokes I make on this podcast. Let's move on. Do you? No. <laughs> this week, uh, only the ones that aren't funny. This week, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis officially signed the Don't Say Gay Bill into law. Now, this was a big story. Of course, the woke Disney Corporation, they came out and condemned this new Florida law. Disney famously, uh, a company famous for being conservative as fuck and also funding the politicians who fought to pass this law. <laughs> they came Literally out <laughs> funding the law itself in the form of direct lobbying. Yeah. Um, but Disney was like, oh shit, people could see us. We gotta, we gotta make a public statement and say that this is bad. <laughs> so Disney condemned it. And then uh, just shortly after, Ron DeSantis fired back and threatened to strip Disneyland of uh, its special status as like a like independent city state kind of thing. And here's here's the thing: I do not like Disney people, and I also do not like Republicans. I think that this is great. I think I want to see this fight escalate even more. I'm like right now getting ready to make a bunch of sock puppet accounts to see if I can throw fuel on this fire. Like this let's get on uh what's what's Truth Social? Truth Social. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't write this down, but uh usership has dropped 93% on Truth Social since it started. So I don't think Damn. anything's going to be happening over Since there. Since it started, what kind of stat is that? Because nothing has... Like the like, first week, uh, like the amount of people that were using it like the first month uh, has dropped by 93% already. And it's like two months old. Oh, nice. uh, so we'll we'll do an in memoriam for Truth Social once that's fully dead. But yeah, no, we need to, we need to encourage the fight between the Republican Party and the Walt Disney, the woke Disney Corporation. Um, this is the thing of beauty. I love it when people I don't like fight. Also, it's funny when conservatives accuse each other of being woke. <laughs> yeah. It's like the it's like the spiritual opposite of when we leftists accuse each other of being libs. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> infighting. We all do it. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to see someone else in fight. Like, look at they the, the, the Disney Corporation is one of the most capitalist entities to ever exist in all of human history. 
And here they are up with Ron DeSantis, like, no, you're the woke liberal right now. No, I I'm conservative. I swear you stop it. Like, that's amazing. Like (laughs) the Disney Disney. What? Okay, so like the first like sitcom that starred a black person was like what? Like the the 70s or something. And Walt Disney's first movie that like the main character was black was like what five years ago. Like they are already the furthest behind of any media company, <laughs> and the Republicans are like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the woke Disney Corporation. <laughs> uh, I, this is not really related exactly, but it is related to the topic in general. I saw this bumper sticker that ha- is a rainbow flag. And it said, just say it on it. Um, it doesn't say gay on that bumper <laughs> sticker. Uh, I, I feel like this is the most. <laughs> this is the most liberal thing <laughs> you could possibly have as a solution or a, a statement about this. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid to say it. We'll say what? Well, I'm not afraid to. But what are you? What are you not afraid to say? I'm not. I'm. I'm comfortable with it. I'm totally comfortable. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I love that. Yeah. So I don't know. There's like a bunch of pro LGBTQ groups that have like filed lawsuits against this, and like they're trying to fight the "Don't Say Gay" bill. My whole thing is, is that like we talked about this at every time. There's like anti-trans, anti-gay, anti-abortion legislation. Like the federal government not acting means that it's going to eventually get to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is conservative as fuck. Like, I mean, this will take place over years and years. But I mean, I don't know. It's you know, Democrats will run on like we're going to be the ones to protect LGBTQ, and it's like you don't, you fucking don't. You have the you're you have the button right now and you're not pushing it. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, you could literally appoint two queer Supreme Court justices, tip the court, yeah, and then just ensure that for my lifetime, nothing like this would ever pass the Supreme Court. Yeah. But no. They do some tweets about it, so that's good. They hear you, they see you, and uh I don't know. Back go back to work. This week, the House of Representatives voted for the second time to pass a law that would federally decriminalize marijuana. Now, this is exciting because it failed in the Senate last time and it will fail in the Senate this time. And Joe Biden would maybe even veto it if it somehow passed. I don't know. There's like a lot of stuff that comes out of the House that's like, yeah, I agree with that. But like, we all know that this is just a symbolic thing. Like, this isn't going to happen. Why, why are we doing this shit? Like, I don't know. It's it's very, very frustrating because, like, I agree it should be fucking decriminalized. Every single person that's ever been arrested for having a fucking plant on them should have all that shit cleared off their record. But, like, when the House does this, they're like, look at this thing we did. And it's like, you didn't really do anything. Like, you did the equivalent of, like, Disney condemning fucking Ron DeSantis. It's not going to fucking accomplish shit. You know, there isn't even 50 senators that would vote on this, even if you didn't need the 60 to break the filibuster. Like, I don't know. It's it's just it's very frustrating to hear people like patting themselves on the back for doing some symbolic bullshit. The House loves to do that. I mean, they love to just be like, yeah, we passed this extraordinary landmark bill. And it's like, but it's it's not going to become a law, you piece of shit. <laughs> like, what, what, why are you so excited about this? I could just write a bill right now. <laughs> like, I could just, you know, write some legalese and 
say that, you know, I wrote a, a landmark bill that would change everything and it doesn't fucking matter. You know, people like to rag on Donald Trump because like the only things he really like major things he really did were, you know, the big tax cuts for the rich and then uh, like the first couple rounds of COVID stimulus. Like what is Joe Biden's big accomplishment been? Another round of COVID stimulus that was worse than the first two. Some tax cuts that only lasted a year and then like made everybody's every parent's lives harder. And he got rid of daylight savings time. If that That's happens. his biggest accomplishment. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Once again, I don't ex- I don't understand how how these people expect anybody to be motivated to vote for them. It's pathetic. So, oh, sorry, sorry, Joe. Speaking of Joe Brandon Kennedy, Nina, before. Uh, to, to wrap the show up here, we're going to revisit yet another installment of a very, very popular segment back by audience demand. Of course, I'm talking about what the fuck, Joe Biden? We need a song for this. We need some theme music, but we don't have it. So here we are. Joe Biden did a lot of fuck shit this week. Uh, first of all, as the war in uh, in Ukraine rages on, the whole fucking world's talking about Russian oil, Russian gas, and, you know, oh, the gas prices are so high, blah, blah, blah. So Joe Biden, he's like, you know, I'm not going to just sit here and let this happen. I, I'm the president. I'm going to do something. So Joe Biden announced, it, announced this week that he will be releasing one million barrels of oil per day from the Strategic National Reserve in effort to lower gas prices. Now, I don't know. I don't know everything about how this the oil industry works. Um but what I do know is that oil crude oil's price has dropped by like 30% since it was at its highest point a few weeks ago, and the price of gasoline hasn't dropped. So once again, this seems to by adding more crude oil into the supply, there's no guarantee that will bring down the cost of a gallon of gas anywhere. Um, also, there's a Federal Reserve of crude oil. Like, is there a shelf life on this oil? Like, they just have oil sitting, sitting I don't around, know. and we're still <clears throat> drilling holes into the earth, like, collapsing yeah, in on ourselves? I'm not 100% how this works. I hear it referenced a lot. I don't know if this is oil that has already been, like, pumped out of the ground or is just sitting somewhere. But, like, it would have to be a really big tank. I'd imagine if you're pumping out a hundred or a million barrels a day, this is probably just like some big oil field that they found under the ground. And they're like, we're just going to leave this here in case we need it someday. Or it's already, if it's barrels, right? Like it's, is it packaged? Is it like fine wine, like getting better with <laughs> age? It's a super oil now. <laughs> this is a 1963, uh, dinosaur liquid. I don't know. How do you, <laughs> dinosaurs were not here in 1963 but that's what oil is i think i don't know i i hear people call uh, gasoline dinosaur juice and i don't know how accurate that is but i choose to believe it's 100 percent accurate just because it's cute it is cute i never heard it thank you for sharing enlightening dinosaur juice oh you drive you drive an electric car i drive a car powered by dinosaur juice rolling dinosaur bones So, I don't know. I don't think, like, obviously, you know, the the world oil market was getting oil from Russia. I believe that was like 3 million barrels a day is where what the average was before the war. And now it's that is cut out down to zero. But, like, 
the price of the crude oil has gone down and the price of gas has stayed up. Like, I don't think that adding more supply is the problem. The problem is, is that the companies that sell us gasoline know that they can just get away with fucking ripping us off. They don't care. They, the, they know the government won't do anything to them. Like th- that's what we need to do is like, I don't know, kill a couple of gas executives and uh, force them to give us cheaper gas or stuff. I don't fucking know. Um, are you allowed to s- call for the murder of oil company executives on a podcast? I don't think so. <laughs> Lis- listeners write in, tell me if I should be in jail. Um <laughs> So Joe Biden, he's, that's not his only solution though. You know, he's, he understands, he sees you, he hears you. He will do as many push-ups, if not more than you, Jack. So Joe Biden this week, he also announced, uh, he was giving a press release. He essentially said, you know, you could just buy an electric car that would save you like $80 a month on gasoline. You can't afford to fill your tank up. Buy a new expensive car. <laughs> yeah, I happen to have the math ready on this uh, because I saw a tweet about it. Um, uh, if you bought a fifty thousand dollar electric car today, uh, it would take you fifty three years to save the money in gasoline, <laughs> even assuming that the price of gasoline continues to go up somewhat steadily. Plus, how much does your electric bill go up? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, not only your electric bill goes up, but like most people in America are getting electric or electricity from like at least partially t- polluting sources. Anyways, like you're barely doing anything. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what, Jack? Just buy, just buy, just buy a Tesla. You'll be fine. Like, what? <laughs> Fuck you. It's the wildest solution to a I I'm like running short by $80 a month. Cool. Get a car that is going to be like hundreds of dollars more per month. And then you won't have to pay the $80 a month. Well, but it's a good investment. You know, it's a good investment. So it's the long term yield. Yeah. I I heard (laughs) if you buy an electric car, Joe Biden will send you that $600. He said he was going to send you. Um, so that's something, you to know, think about. I will say that that is one of the frustrating things about like when Joe Biden has this sort of like feigned helplessness is that like the government can promote technologies like yeah. that's a power that the government has. Uh, so the government could right now be like, hey, we know gasoline's getting really expensive. Uh, we're going to make sure that you can buy a brand new electric car for ten thousand dollars in the next five years. And we're going to do that by subsidizing the car companies. And we're going to do that by subsidizing this and that or whatever. And they could just make something like that happen. Yeah. Right. Like, like, and I'm not even, I'm, I'm describing a very plain and reasonable kind of outcome here. I'm not even talking about something like whimsical, like uh, electric high speed trains running across the country or something like that. I'm just talking about like, they could just be like, Hey, we're going to make electric cars cheap, promote this new technology. People would still have to buy them. It's not even socialism. It's (laughs) It's literally like government sponsored capitalism, which is what we love to fucking do. Like that is our country's jam. Like that's the Obamacare was entirely that it was like oh we're gonna make it so that you can afford health insurance and how we do that is the government is gonna send money to a health insurance company on your behalf like it's the same with student loans it's the same with everything it's all government-sponsored capitalism and people are like well that's socialism it's like nah dude 
this is still making billionaires more rich. Uh, like fucking, yeah. Everything I'm describing would make rich people richer. I'm not just, I'm not exactly, even yeah. talking about anything controversial or leftist right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's where's your priorities? Oh, <laughs> funny. I should, funny you should say that, host of the show. Where Joe Biden's priorities are could be found in the budget that he just released uh, for the next f- fiscal year. Um, there's a lot of different stuff in there. As you would imagine, there's like $800 billion for the military and billions more in police spending. Um, so that's obviously, yeah, you know, we got to not just fund the police. We've got to give more funds to the police. <laughs> Defund the police. No, 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 no. Refund the police. What is the, what is the opposite? Cause it wouldn't be refund. Yeah, it would be like, yeah, that's more fun <laughs> the police. I said that and I was like, uh, no. Um, pro fund. Pro fund the police. Uh, <laughs> nobody clipped that out. Uh, the point is, Joe Biden doesn't have $22 billion or $22 million a year to keep the COVID testing programs open, but he sure does have $800 billion for the military. Um, you know, there's a lot of proposals in there. Uh, we talked last week about um, the proposal th- to pay for some of this increased budget by raising taxes on the top 0.01%, uh, a policy that I said was probably only put into the budget so that Joe Manchin would have something that he could argue to get taken out. This week, Joe Manchin said that he rejected that part of the budget and will not put for it. <laughs> Beautiful. It's like the <laughs> House of Representatives passing something new. They're <laughs> putting yeah. something new out. Just yeah. to say and celebrate that they did it. Look, I'm not very I'm not like right in my predictions very often. This one was probably a little bit of a layup for me too, but like literally the day after they like actually released this thing, Joe Manchin's like, Well, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you love to see it. Um Oh, also, Biden offered uh, Zelensky another $500 million in funding to keep fighting Russia, bringing the total U.S. contributions to $2.5 billion in the last month. Um, so what What the fuck, Joe Biden? I don't get where all this money's moving around from if we have this trillion-dollar debt going on. Yeah, the money's not real. Like none of this, all this money only exists on paper. They can just move it around however they want. And like a lot of what they like to do with money is tell us they don't have it. And it's like, you don't have any of that shit. Fucking like, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. A great deal of the debt is owned by the federal reserve itself. How does that even make sense? Like we, our own government is in debt to itself. We literally pay for um, new IOUs using receipts from old IOUs. It doesn't make sense. But here's the thing. It actually does make sense, but they pretend that they don't understand how it works. The system was set up to work like this. And ideally, we shouldn't care that we're in debt because we have a debt-based economy. This is the modern economic model that was established. I know I'm getting like more into political theory than we usually do on this podcast, but I just really feel like people need to understand this. Like we have a debt-based economy where literally there would be no money in circulation if we had no debt because that's the economy that we've created. And so when they harp on about, oh, the debt, they're just pretending to care because this debt is something they intentionally created and they know has to exist for us to have an economy. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense because like, I mean, everything runs on debt. Like every, every home somebody buys, every car somebody buys, every time somebody goes to college, like every person is constantly in debt. And like, you understand on a personal level, like, well, I need to take debt to like move ahead. And like the entire country, it's like much more complicated, but it's the same thing. It's like it, you wouldn't be able to do any of the things you do if you weren't funding it through debt. And yeah, so you're right. When people are like, we got to get the debt under control. It's like, no, we don't. Like, it doesn't, it, it, this is supposed to be there. And no one's calling these debts in. That's the thing, too. People are like, what if China calls in the debts? We'll call in ours. It's like they, they also owe us 700 billion, gajillion, thousand million, trillion dollars or whatever. Don't like, fact check us, listeners. Don't fact check <laughs> us. But like, but like the point is, uh, the, the entire global economy works this way, except for the countries that choose to do something else, like, for example, Cuba or Venezuela. Okay. Um, and so every single major economy in the world is doing this. No one's calling in the debts or we're all fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cuba and Venezuela, famous, um, huge enemies of the United States that have never attacked us. So, uh, that concludes our segment. What the fuck joe biden Hopefully. hey wait actually venezuela oh. might not be our enemy anymore you know now that we need oil that's sort <laughs> that's of that's, oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's all fine now we uh we unsoft blocked venezuela on twitter so um we followed them back uh and that's good you know venezuela seems pretty cool um angel falls uh you know, other stuff. Uh, fuck yeah. But no, it is very actually shitty that we're like <laughs> trying to convince the rest of the world that Venezuela was a terrorist state for nearly a decade. And then as soon as we needed to buy oil, we're like, hey, actually, Venezuela is pretty cool. You know, <laughs> fuck Joe Biden. And fuck you, listeners. No, I'm kidding. I love you. Uh, and to prove that I love you, we are going to end this week's episode with an unambiguously good news story we used to do this every week there's been very little good news recently but something happened this week that i think is like maybe the best news that's happened since we started doing this podcast like grand scheme of things of course i am talking about the staten island amazon facility workers who successfully voted to unionize uh thanks in part in large part to the efforts of Christian Smalls, who spearheaded the effort after he was fired two years ago for organizing a walkout because Amazon had no safety precautions at the beginning of COVID. This is fucking huge. We've celebrated a lot of Starbucks wins. Um, obviously, like Amazon is the most evil overreaching co company like they're they're in everything. Like Amazon probably somehow gets this podcast onto your phone. I don't know how it works. They own like a lot of like the web hosting of shit like that. It's fucking crazy how much Amazon is in control of. Um, and this is like the first time somebody has scored a victory against them, a meaningful one. Um, and this is fucking great. I love to see it. There's so many good things about this. Um, Amazon spent amazing amount of money trying four million two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> um for nothing all failed um <laughs> 4.2 uh, million yeah that's beautiful just complete failure on their part to accomplish anything with all that money spent and this is a fully independent union um which is important for a few reasons 
But the big thing is that it means that they can continue to focus on Amazon issues pretty much exclusively. Uh, a lot of times, like if you're working with like a really large union organization to like unionize your place of work in a, in a manner like this, they might not immediately turn around and like go after another Amazon thing because it's like they've got a whole long list of priorities, right? But because this is a fully independent union, they have the uh, privilege to do nothing but focus on unionizing other Amazon workplaces now. Hell yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know how many are in the process of organizing, but like we saw after the first Starbucks voted to unionize, what there's already like a hundred of them that are like organizing now. So it would be a true thing of beauty if this spread just the same way. Um, I would love to see it. Uh, and yeah. Oh, I have a quote here from uh, Christian Smalls. And it's like, he, uh, Christian Smalls was like heavily involved in this. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from like everybody else, but like, this is something that he like really took on. And uh, <laughs> it just seems like a really fucking cool guy that like, got a major W uh, with the help of all these other people there. Um, But he had a quote that I really liked Um, right after the vote was announced that the, the workers voted to unionize a reporter asked him, do you have any words for Jeff Bezos? And Christian Smalls replied, we want to thank Jeff Bezos for going up to space because when he was up there, we were signing people up. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love this is probably the first person in a long time who has personally made Jeff Bezos really mad. <laughs> like <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Amazing Probably stuff. Too. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. So Christian Smalls, friend of the pod, hero of the pod, maybe. I don't know. We don't we don't we haven't had a hero category yet, but I'd add him to it. Uh so fuck yeah. Uh Nina Kennedy, thank you for being here. Kennedy, do you have anything to plug? Not really. Follow me on Twitter. Hell yeah. At Kennedy T. Cooper. You probably know. You, I'm here <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yes. Follow Kennedy um, and listen to like the last 20 minutes of last week's episode to hear even more Kennedy. Uh, Nina, do you have anything to plug? I I don't. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Yes. You don't have to. Uh, follow me on twitter yeah there you go nina c quinn the letter c (laughs) fuck yeah um i of course am andrew hillary at andrew hillary us the podcast is at worst week yet you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash worst week yet and setting aside five thousand two hundred dollars a month for me to avoid the rising inflation you can also send us emails worst week yet at gmail.com and uh fuck i think that's everything i will be doing a live show next week in alaska if you somehow live in alaska come to the show you know where it is in alaska um it's a small state (laughs) you'll figure it out thank you for listening to the worst we get we'll be back next week with even more terrible fucked up awful news hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah 